if you're a leader in your organization, um, all eyes will be on you when it comes to wholeness, right? Uh, people watch very carefully, you know, to what degree do you create a space um, for that feels safe enough for people to show up whole? Um, or, you know, to what degree, whether you want it or not, you know, is there something that emanates from you um, that makes that it doesn't feel safe, right? Um, you're almost sort of like this, this chemical catalyst, you know, in, that will determine what kind of atmosphere is in the room. Um, because that is the power um, that sort of, you know, senior people hold over their organization. Um, over time, that might diminish as, you know, if you um, go towards self-management. But right now, that is the reality if you're a leader in your organization, right? Um, and so it's really important how you show up, right? Um, and this is beyond what you say. This is really all of your presence, right? Do you create a presence where people go like, ah, oh, yeah, okay, you know, here I'm, I, I feel like I'm, I can be myself, um, or no, this is a place where I have to be careful. And so, yeah, you role modeling wholeness is, is a big deal. And when I say role modeling wholeness, I, I think we talk about it you know, two things. It's, it's lead and not react, right? And what I mean by that is, is first, well, lead, right? It's, um, in the beginning, when this is not part of the culture, you have to lead with wholeness, right? Say that you say, hey, well, let's do a meeting with a check-in around, where everybody just quickly says, like, you know, you know, how am I this morning? Is there anything that prevents me from being fully here? Anything I, I need to get off my chest? Um, well, you know, the level of depth that you will bring to this will determine the level of depth that everybody else brings to it, right? I remember Tammy Simon from Sounds True saying that, you know, she feels like she's ready to always be the one that goes deep to allow the other ones, you know, to go deep, right? Um, so if you say, um, yeah, you know, I'm good this morning, well, you know, they had a long traffic jam. Well, everybody else will pick up, okay, I'll say something superficial, right? If you say something profound, something that just comes from the heart, then others will feel the same permission. Um, so there is something around always leading with example, right? Always um, showing up with um, a degree of vulnerability that might be unusual for now in the organization. Um, so that's leading. The other part is, is not reacting, right? Um, and what I talk about reacting is, what I mean by that is um, not go into uh, a defensive, fearful, reflexive mode, right? Um, maybe you've read some things that, you know, that neuroscience has now established. I won't go too deeply into this, but fundamentally what neuroscience says is that, you know, we have sort of um, two circuits that we can operate from, right? We can operate from a place of openness, um, of a place of sort of, of non-judgment, um, and then sort of our, our neocortex is involved, right? Um, or we can go to a more reflexive, fearful state um, when an older part of our brain, the amygdala, gets triggered, when there's something um, that makes us feel even just slightly um, unsafe, and we go to a reactive mode, right? Um, I'm sure you can recognize, you know, people in, in meetings being in 
you know, in, in these two states, right? Um, an openness and a willingness to listen, to explore, to hold back with your judgments, and other moments where you're triggered and you know you're just being you respond even without listening, and you. And so, um, what you want is as much as possible. Um, always come from this place of openness, because if you are the senior person in the organization, um, even if some other people get nervous, if you go to this place of openness, and it's okay, other people will go there too. Um, if you go into a place of fearfulness, um, other people will, will join you in that state. Um, so yeah, so you have a lot of power about the, you know, over the atmosphere that, that's being created. Um, and it's a particular challenge for leaders to you know, be in the state of, of openness. Um, and that's because of these two things, right? There's a weight of responsibility that is on your shoulders, right? That, that can easily make you fearful. Like, are we making the right decision in this meeting? And is this going, you know, because you might feel more responsibility as a senior leader than other people, right? Um, and, and then there's these perverse expectations that a lot of people have um, for their, their senior leaders, right? Is that senior leaders are supposed to always be in control, to never show weakness, to always know where it's going, to never be hesitating, right? To, poof, you know, that, that, that's a really strong expectation that can quickly put you into this fearful mode. Like, everybody's watching me. Like, I have to pretend like I... Um, and so, uh, you know, for a lot of leaders, um, it's actually a whole journey, and it's a beautiful journey to learn to not let yourself be affected by this weight of responsibility and expectations um, and to just learn you know, as much as possible in every moment to be in a state of, of openness. Um, and so, um, as, as always, I like to ask you questions you know, that help you maybe self-explore a little bit. Um, you know, when, when, what are things that push you towards being in this state of closeness, right? of, of reflexiveness, of, of, of fearfulness? Um, you know, for for some people, it's maybe when when the results are bad, right? Like when oh shit, you know, the, the shit hits the fan now, now, right? And you know, they go, go into that mode. Um, for for other people, it's it's simply when there is a, a difficult decision that needs to be made, and we might not have all of the elements, and I'm not sure that this is the right decision, but a decision needs to get made, and that might you know make me contract and, and make me fearful, right? And uh, for other people, it's simply the risk of, you know, being not being liked by other people, of doing something unpopular, you know, of, of hurting somebody. Um, that might put you in a reflexive mode. I know that that, for a long time, was the case with me. You know, if if I knew that I would say something that might be hurting somebody else, if I had to have a difficult conversation, I would already protect myself, which of course wasn't wasn't helpful. Um, so yes, explore this for yourself. You can pause the video and just, you know, what are moments that you know where you, where you contract yourself? Um, now, what, what can you do to, to learn to be more and more in, you know, in, in a space of openness, whatever, irrespective of the circumstances? Um, well, there's, there's probably, you know, three, three steps. Um, one of them is simply to exercise your muscle to realize, oh, shit, no, no, I, I just contracted. Ah, let me open up again. Simply that realization. Um, some people find that doing mindfulness 
um, you know, meditating, you know, um, learning to observe yourself is a very powerful practice, right? So that you're in the middle of a meeting, you're, in, you know, you're open and, and suddenly you're contracting and being fearful. And then, you know, oh, should, you've learned to observe yourself. Oh, let me, let me relax again. Um, uh, you might remember in the book I talk about this practice at Heiligenfeld, this, um, this chain of um, uh, mental health hospitals in Germany, where they have this practice that in every meeting room you have these little tingsha bells, these little bells where you're like, ding! And, um, and uh, in, in every meeting there's a, a volunteer who, you know, who takes them. And that person's role is as soon as they feel that something isn't working in the meeting, um, so in my words, that you're going into this closed, reflexive, fearful state, um, you know, people go like, ding! And everybody, ah, oh, yeah, oh. oh, we hadn't even noticed, oh yeah, thank you. And we go into that place. Um, so that's a beautiful practice so that not only you, you're not the only one that needs to be mindful of this, everybody now is mindful of this. And then ding, ah, you know. So that's the first step. Simply be mindful and realize, oh, I'm actually in that, in that state. Now, the second step is, okay, when I'm contracted, how do I get out of it again? You know, for some people, it might be enough to simply take a deep breath, you know, lower your shoulders, um, you know, sit in a comfortable position. Um, I know that for myself, the easiest way to do that is to um, share openly the private conversation that I was starting to have. So when you're in a closed, reflexive state, you suddenly have, start to have private conversations that are different from the conversations that we're having out here. So we're having a, a conversation out here, but then there's something else that's going in here. And simply saying that by saying like, you know what, um, I noticed this, this is a tricky conversation because I, I don't want you get to get hurt. Um, and this is difficult feedback that I want to give you. And simply by doing that, there's already, I've said it, there's no more private conversation I'm having. Right? Or I'm, I'm fearful because this is a fateful decision and I feel like we don't have all of the information and yet we have to make a decision. Ah, I've said it, now it's out in the open. Um, right? And now we're actually talking about the real issue. Right? Um, so yes, this is my, my gesture by saying, hey, my private conversation, I put it in the middle of the, com of the room. And suddenly, you know, um, I'm in a, an open state of mind again because it's, it's all there, it's being said. And the third step is, you know, if you notice that there are recurring patterns, that there are places where every time you get triggered, um, then it might be worthwhile going more deeply into it and do some inner work, right? If you notice that um, there's something about hurting other people, or just the possibility of hurting them, that, you know, is you know, getting you into this, this reflexive mode, um, well, maybe that's beautiful terrain to be explored, right, with whatever modality. Um, that you might do to do some inner work, right? Um, it might be whatever form of, of, of therapy, or speech therapy, or body therapy, or you know, whatever, um, because there might be deeper stories here behind that that, that trigger you every time. And so you know, that, that might be a beautiful way to, to deal with it. Um, one thing I would um, invite you to, that I would almost urge you to do if you are a senior leader in the organization is um, to have somebody observe you and give you feedback about how you show up and how you help or hinder that wholeness that you want to, uh, you know, invite people into. 
Um, and so, you know, invite a, a coach to just observe some of your meetings or give that mandate to two or three people in the organization. Tell them like, hey, I, I want to learn, I want to be more mindful of how my presence is affecting other people. Um, and could you give me feedback about that? Um, I think that's a beautiful, a beautiful practice that might teach you, might teach you a lot. Um, and then obviously, for really important meetings, like if you do sort of a, a, you know, a whole day workshop with everybody in the organization um, around some really important topic, um, you know, it might be worthwhile having a, a facilitator lead that. Um, if you don't feel strong enough yet, um, if you don't feel confident enough yet that, that you can really create that, uh, that openness and that, that invitation, that's perfectly fine. That's, you know, what a lot of, lot of organizations do. Um, but please just remember this if you're a senior leader in your organization. The way you show up um, defines to a, a tremendous degree how other people can show up. And so please, by any means, you know, do some of your inner work um, to help others show up more, more fully. Um, and in that way, you will show up more fully and your life will be richer and more beautiful. Perhaps you've noticed there is no paywall no monthly membership to access this video series. That's because the videos live in the gift economy. This is how it works. I gift everything that goes into making the videos, my time, energy, and insights, and you get to choose what feels right to gift back. Please take a moment to reflect on what would feel good to give in return to help me continue doing this work. Thank you.